There is the vegetarian hot pocket for those of us that don't want to eat meat but still would like diarrhea. Hot pocket. It should just come with a roll of toilet paper. Diarrhea pocket. You ever notice there's no dignified way to buy toilet paper? You always have to buy that multi-pack of like 18 rolls. Stick it in your cart. Everyone in the store's like, does that guy ever leave the bathroom? What's he living off of Hot Pockets? Hot Pockets! Oh, happy day. Out of Dudzilla Files, welcome to another episode of Escaping the Cave. Dudzilla Xpot, escapingthecave.com. No Twitter. Fuck Twitter! I don't even think I have a Facebook profile anymore. Oh. These are strange times in Tonzilla, Stan. <laughs> they really are. Strange times for everybody. I'm not alone in that, I'm sure. I'll get to all this in a little bit. Make sure you have those subscriptions set to an Escaping the Cave podcast feed, an original Escaping the Cave feed under no other names, no other imposters should you be subscribed to to get my material anyway feel free to listen to whatever podcasts you like and you choose but if you want to continue to get this one by god i implore you to make sure double check that you are subscribed to me and me alone i'm funny that way how you doing you good you okay you getting better i'm weird more so than usual. It's uh, early morning of Monday, April 27th, 2020. I'm finding myself that I have to double check the date. I- I'm having trouble <laughs> keeping the month straight. Not just the day of the week. I'm having trouble keeping the month straight. I almost said March there. April 27th, 2020. It's a Monday morning. May Day's coming up. Woohoo! Hail the worker and stuff. I'm in a really weird place, though, man. Today is five weeks since Michigan's stay-at-home order was put into effect. The executive order by Gov- Governor Gretchen Witch- uh, <laughs> Whitmer. I've got Gretchen Hitler in my head. I've heard that so many times, and I almost stumbled into it there. No, I don't think she's Hitler. A lot of people do. I'll probably get into that a little bit later today. But uh, it's been five weeks since uh, Whitmer put the executive order in place, the stay-at-home order, the shelter-in-place, don't-go-out-and-get-other-people-sick order. That's caused so much of an uproar here in the Mitten State. And that means it's been five weeks since I have had any meaningful contact with another human being. Other than you, of course. Other than my girlfriend. And the two neighbors that live right next door, we have these enclosed porches out back. It's starting to warm up, so people are kind of leaving their caves a little bit, at least to go sit on the porch or maybe take the kids out to play in the yard back there. Had a couple of conversations here and there with those folks. Other than that, and other than walking past people as I've taken a couple of walks back in the nature preserve, that's the only human contact I've had. And the interactions back in the preserve with other walkers, hikers, and bikers is weird. There's this really weird etiquette. When you're back there, you're walking down like a path. Really nice trails back there, but they're skinny. They're hiking trails, mountain biking trails. So they're not wide. And it's weird when you come up on someone and you're not sure how to quite properly be you know, considerate and get enough social distance on a three-foot-wide walking path. 
They're not wearing masks. I'm not wearing masks back in the preserve. I prefer to take my chances with coronavirus and smell nature. Sorry, you can sue me if you like. But it's weird. When you come up on them, like, okay, uh, do you care if I don't quite get six feet away? Almost like this standoff. You walk by and you're checking each other's force field to make sure that you're just far enough apart to make each person comfortable and hopefully not get ill. Strange. But there is this look, too, when you pass these people back there. Strange. It's like this desperate, like, ah, oh, another human being, but you need to stay away from me. It's nice to see it. I'm glad to see it, but you stay away from me. But I like you, but stay away from me. We're going to remember this the rest of our lives. We're going to be talking about this in 20 years. Remember the pandemic? You remember the quarantine and how we had to stay in our homes for like six weeks? Seven weeks? It's having an adverse effect on me. I got to say, I got to admit that. I don't know why I haven't really been podcasting. It's the second podcast I've thrown out, I think, since the end of March. You would think, as I said in the last show, <laughs> this is right in my wheelhouse. You'd think that I'd be putting these things out on a conveyor belt like a lot of other podcasters are, trying to take advantage of the situation, trying to take advantage of the fact that you are home and probably bored shitless. Oh, man, it's a great time for a podcaster to start throwing episodes out nilly, willy-nilly. have not been doing that. I don't know what to think. For the last month, I have not known what to think about any of this. I had ideas at the end of last month when I put the last one out before April. Said things like, I was concerned that there was this coronavirus media thing going on. Where they were trying to scare us up, stir us up. The media trying to sensationalize this coronavirus thing the same way they do hurricanes during hurricane season. That everything's going to be a Category 5. And if you do not listen to CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News, if you do not listen to their stern and well-founded warnings, you and your family are going to die in this cyclone, this Atlantic cyclone, which is a hurricane. I was concerned about that. I was concerned back in March that that was exactly what they were doing, and if that was how it turned out, that the damage, the trust damage, the damage to the entire fabric of trust and objective truth, common truth, in this country was going to be obliterated even more than it already is. I think I said exactly that thing in the um, anarchy, uh, informational anarchy thing that I put out in March. I think that's exactly what I said. And then I got sucked into it. Like, oh my God, the wave is coming. The hospitals are going to be over, overloaded. I was, I was quoting numbers that I had heard on the media about if there was going to need, uh, be uh, a need for a million hospital beds. As coronavirus, the, the wave came crashing over the United States. And possibly a million hospital beds were needed. There were other reports back then that there were going to be a million deaths, possibly in this country alone. Well, here on April 27th, we're approaching a million infections. That's hard to believe. I listened to the numbers that I was putting out. I was, I, I was back. I was, I was in the habit of quoting numbers every time I podcasted back in March because I wanted to kind of track it. And I was thinking, you know, what? this will be really cool as I go back in time, maybe five years, and I have these files somewhere. It'll be really cool to go back and listen to what I was thinking during the coronavirus pandemic, the crisis of 2020. I thought that would be neat, and it is neat. Even now, six weeks later, 
It's neat to hear me shitting my pants over a thousand infections or seven thousand infections. As six weeks later, we are approaching. We may be there later on this week. A million infections here in this country. We did indeed pass fifty thousand deaths. I think on Friday. Somewhere in the low to mid-50s now, we're approaching Vietnam. I talked about that at some point, that we were going to be, you know, marking these deaths, these equivalent deaths to like, you know, first it was 9-11, Pearl Harbor, then 9-11, then the Iraq War, now Vietnam's the next signpost. But what about 200,000? Remember that? That was the initial one. Then they sort of, you know, dropped it down, dropped it down, dropped it down. To their credit, I understand they don't know exactly what's going on, how many people are going to get infected with this thing. What I am interested in, though, and I really, I don't know where to put this, and this therein lies the problem because I'm not alone here. But you know those field houses like the Javits Center in New York City and whatever the hell they're calling Cobo Hall up in Detroit? They set up field hospitals in there. How many people, how many people are in these field hospitals? New York got hit hard. 17,000 deaths, I think, in New York City alone. A significant portion of the deaths around this country are in New York City. A significant percentage. Like 30, right around 30%-ish, I think. I'm doing the math in my head here. Based on 55 of 17 is in New York City, 1734. Yeah, about right around 33%. Right around a third of the deaths nationwide are in New York City. Even still, the Javits Center was sparsely used after they set up the field hospital, after the uh, Army Corps of Engineers went in there and set up a spare hospital because they thought that the tsunami, the COVID tsunami was coming, was going to slam into New York City, and the healthcare system was going to be overrun. That never quite happened. As we now approach the time where we're going to start leaving our homes, they're going to start letting the cattle back into the, fa- into the pasture. Do its capitalist duty. The cattle are going to be out there doing its capitalist duty of shopping. We got to go shopping again. We got to get back to work. Got to make that money so we can pay our bills. We can buy our stuff. Keep the economy afloat. Economy, economy, economy. Got to do it. I'm not mocking as much as it sounds like I am because that is true. If you don't want to live in economic anarchy anytime soon, well, that's got to happen at some point. And, you know, the risk has to be weighed. And this wasn't quite what they said it was going to be. This was not a Category 5 hurricane that hit us. Despite the sensational wall-to-wall coverage we're getting every single day, it was not a Category 5. I, I'm going to say it's a Category 3. It was a significant storm. It was not the catastrophic storm they thought it was going to be, at least not yet. Now, a lot of things remain to be seen. Some states are already opening up businesses, letting people out out of their homes to go out to the barber shop. And more states are going to follow suit. I assume that Michigan's going to do the same thing right around the 15th of May. We were extended out, but we have a serious problem in this state, mostly up around the Detroit area. Detroit City, Wayne County, Macomb County, Oakland County, and up around Flint. There are a couple other hot spots, hotter spots, not nearly as hot as those areas, Lukewarm spots around the state, but the vast majority of both cases and deaths, huge majority, are in the Detroit area. The rest of the state, not so much. Still people getting sick, 
Still people dying. I think a couple of days ago, I think we had 11 deaths here in my county, Kalamazoo County. My home county, where I grew up, down to the sweaty redneck groin down around the Ohio, Indiana, and Michigan, where they all converge down there, they've had, I think, 14 deaths. The thing with that county was there's not that many infections. It was barely over 100 infections down down there in Hiltucky with 14 deaths. So the people who were getting sick down there are dying. And I know that they had a uh, a semi, a heavy infection at uh, one of the old folks' homes. So I think that's where a lot of those are coming from. But other than that, other than these little hot pockets, hot pockets of infection, <laughs> oh, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a lunch for you. Hot pockets of infection. Other than the hot pockets, though, I'm enjoying that way too much, I know. Michigan hasn't been hit that hard. Not practically speaking. A lot of other states are the same way except for the major metropolitan cities. I I invite you, if you don't believe me, to do what I did. Hop on CNN. They have a little interactive thing. You have to go find it. I'm not going to do your legwork for you. But they had an interactive map up there where you could click on a state. You could see the number of infections. You could see the deaths. And do that. Go around the country. You don't have to do the math. You don't have to write them down and give me a percentage or anything. But you can tell that the vast majority of these infections and deaths are in the major metropolitan areas. That's objective fact. Go look at it. The one-size-fits-all approach to this, as far as quarantining people away, Keeping people in their homes, keeping people out of their jobs, I do not think, this is just my opinion, and you're listening to a damn podcast, if you're taking this opinion too seriously, that's on you, okay? (laughs) But my opinion, I think that it's borderline inappropriate to treat these smaller counties, these smaller communities around the country that are not being affected by this nearly as much as the big cities. I don't think it's right to treat them the same. If I were king, and let me tell you, it's a good thing I'm not, but if I were, I'd have a ring of soldiers set up around those three counties up around Detroit. No one goes in, no one comes out. We can airlift food and supplies in, big screen TVs, however you want to do it, but you're not getting in there, and those people ain't getting out of there until that thing drops beneath a certain level. I'd have done the same thing with New York if I were king. I know this is completely impractical. But but the idea that Sioux City, Iowa, Rawlins, Wyoming, Pocatello, Idaho, the Dalles, Oregon, are being treated the same, at least theoretically speaking. I know a lot of these communities and states don't have stay-at-home orders. I'm speaking abstractly. The smaller communities. The fact that they are being treated the same as New York City. As Chicago and Detroit, the fact that Detroit is being treated the same as Kalamazoo, who has hardly any infections, hardly any deaths here in Kalamazoo County. Why are we being locked up in the same fashion as Detroit? I'm not saying nothing should be done. I'm not saying that everything should be flung open. I'm not saying anything like that. But I think there has to be degrees of common sense used in different regions of the country, in different geographic regions. And I hope they move in that direction. You know, we had these protests. Did I even talk about those protests? I don't remember. I was off on a a mini uh, tirade last week. Uh, But we did have these protests in Lansing a couple of weeks back. 
And we've seen them around the country. And I, I got to tell you, which, which direction do I go here? I can talk about the narratives, depending on which side of the political aisle you were on, depending upon which political religion you practice, would determine how you perceived what was happening up there in Lansing. Now, this is what I saw. I saw the rhetoric there. There were a bunch of irresponsible people out there infecting the world because they're patriots or however you want to look at it. This was coming from the left. And then I heard from the right that they were up there protesting Governor Hitler's, Whitler's. I've seen that literally, seen the memes. They were protesting Governor Whitler's tyranny. Somewhere in the middle, I would assume, or I did assume, lied the truth. So I went and looked as best I could. I tried to find as objective video, photographs, and reporting as I could. You know what I saw? This is what I saw with my eyes. I saw a bunch of people in their cars, pissed off people in their cars, in their vehicles. Maybe they were hanging out of the sunroof. Maybe they were rolling the window down and yelling, hey, they were in their cars. The vast majority of the people who were gathered and collected up in Lansing at the state capitol were driving around in their vehicles. They weren't French kissing on the capitol lawn. They weren't running up to little kids and spitting in their face and coughing on them. I didn't see anything wrong with that. If you see something wrong with that, then by God, you should be staying home. You should not be getting in your car and going to the grocery store. You are just the same kind of public menace as those folks in their cars were in Lansing two weeks ago. I'm not going to speak about any other states, but this one. That's what I saw. Now, you will rightly point out that there were a bunch of idiots collected out of their cars, gathering and collected and congregated upon the Capitol lawn, Capitol sidewalk. And I will grant you that. Here's my question, and this is what I thought when I saw it. There weren't that many people up there. How many people do you think were on the lawn of the Capitol? I couldn't count them. But were there any more people gathered on the Capitol lawn than you're going to find at Walmart as you go to load up on toilet paper and Cheerios? Were they being any more of a threat than people congregated at Kroger's? And they were all the same kinds of people. These weren't random folks there. They weren't infecting random people. They weren't exposing themselves or being exposed to random people. I know that's not a popular opinion in some circles. I think those folks who were congregated outside of their cars who were gathered sort of defiantly, defiantly against any sort of public health responsibility, I'm with you there. Jagoffs, and they're not doing their cause any, any, any credit at all. But the people in their cars, I saw I had no problem with that. Not really. And I understand their frustration based on what I just said because the, the local media kept pointing out almost bending over backwards saying, oh, these people weren't in Detroit. They haven't seen the situation in Detroit. That's exactly the point. Their communities were not being hit like Detroit. Why are they being treated the same as Detroit? The vast majority, again, the massive hot spots, the massive hot pockets in this country are the major cities. Why are people in Ludington being treated the same as people in Wayne County? Why are people in Clare having to hunker down the same as people in Hamtramck? It's a valid question. Sorry, it is. To a lot of the people in a lot of the parts of the country, it's overkill. And it's hard to argue with them. Now, you can rightly point out the fact that they're all wearing MAGA hats and Trump supporters, and it looked like a Trump campaign rally. And that's a valid point. 
but it plays right into my wheelhouse once again. The fact that there's not any diversity of, or very little diversity of ideology at these marches, at these protests around the country, really speaks volume to something. And before you start pointing fingers at stupid Trump supporters, you should look in the mirror as well. If you're a liberal, are you even considering the valid point that some of these folks make? Are you even considering it? And is that why there's no ideological diversity at the state capitol in Lansing two weeks ago? This cuts both ways. I've been saying this for over a year, kids. This cuts both ways. While you're sitting here pointing your fingers at the religion and the cult of Donald Trump, make sure you're not committing the same crime as the accused of ideological purity, ideological lobotomy. Anyway, the lockdowns have started to end. They're starting to be scaled back. There's a possibility, I'm there with you, that as soon as they fling the doors open, that... uh, going to see a ramp up in cases and probably deaths. But at this point, I don't know that they have a real choice here. This isn't South Korea. This isn't Singapore. This sure as hell isn't China. Nor is it Germany. We don't take very well to this. And honestly, I've got a whole nother piece written on this. But this sort of, uh, I think, should be a warning sign to you utopians brotherhood of manists who think that uh, liberalism, far-leftism, socialism, that mentality, that herd mentality, that collective herd mentality, that communal nation, one nation under Bernie, I think this should uh, sort of poke another hole in that balloon. How far you have got to go to get everybody in this country rowing in the right direction, (laughs) rowing down the river sticks towards your utopia. I talked an awful lot last year, and I'm going to talk more about this soon about how the national narrative, the national myth of this country is the antithesis of the invasive species national myth of socialism and communal existence. Individualism and a communal mentality, pretty much oil and water. You're seeing this right now. People will do anything, anything at all, to support their religion. This isn't ideologically specific, regardless of what your media What MSNBC and Rachel Amedeo are leading you to believe, it is not ideologically specific. But it is fun to point out the more extreme examples. Let's have a little fun, huh? This will sound familiar to you. A question that probably some of you are thinking of if you're totally into that world, which I find to be very interesting. What world is that? Is he talking about the conspiracy theory world there? Let's go back to the beginning. I want to play that again. Get back here, mouse. A question that probably some of you are thinking of if you're totally into that world, which I find to be very interesting. What world is that that he finds to be very interesting? The media sort of glossed over this. They're focusing on the rest of this, which I'll get to. But what world is he talking about? Is he talking about the Alex Jones world? I think he is. Let's continue. So, supposing we hit the body... With a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. Powerful. And I think you said, that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that too. Sounds interesting. Does it sound to you like he's kidding? Does it sound to you like he's being sarcastic? 
The guy up on stage sure as hell didn't think so. Listen to this again. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right, and then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs, and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that, so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, <laughs> Thanks for that. sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's uh, that's pretty powerful. Powerful. Take a drink every time Donald Trump says the word powerful. I want to play this one piece again. And I want you to think about Dr. Burks. You've all seen the video here. She is sitting here uncomfortable as hell. It looks like she wants to crawl through the wall into a rat's nest just to be more comfortable than she was at that moment, enduring his longing stare, waiting for her to pretend she agrees with him. Listen to this. Right, and then I see the disinfectant. Now he's looking at it. it In a minute, one minute, and is there a way we can do something like that? And she just Uh, sits there. By injection inside or or almost a cleaning, because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs, so it'd be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's uh, that's pretty powerful. Is it? Is it pretty powerful? Is it pretty powerful, Donnie Derp-de-doo? <sighs> Look, I don't know what fucking universe this is. I don't know what parallel universe we have been sucked into. But, <sighs> look, this is what happened this week. I finally got to the point over the weekend... Actually, yesterday, where I just had to finally, I had this great purge a couple of weeks ago, right? I finally had to just shut the Facebook profile down because I couldn't help myself. I had to see what the batshit fringe was saying to support that, what we just heard. I had to see it for myself because I knew as soon as he came out the next day, oh, just kidding, I was being sarcastic to see what you media do. Did you hear any indication of any kind of sarcasm in that clip that I just played? Nobody on stage thought it was sarcastic. He got an answer. He didn't get a giggle. He got an answer from whoever the guy was that answered his question. Oh, we'll get the right people on it, or whatever the hell it was he said. <laughs> Dr. Burks sure as hell wasn't thinking he was kidding or being sarcastic. She was put in a position where she was professionally. And to keep any kind of dignity, if she were going to respond with any intellectual dignity, she would have to call him a fucking idiot and ask him where he got that information and how long he's had Alex Jones on speed dial. That's the only way. Look at her face. I'm talking to you people who are, <laughs> you took his comments out of context. Nobody took those comments out of context. Nobody. The people who were taking it out of context are you because this is some post, this is a post hoc orgy. How can you possibly, possibly have any self-dignity, self-respect left after hearing that, after actually hearing it, seeing it, and observing it, using your own, what is it, intuition, and, and how you read people? How can you use that, 
that instinct, that evolutionary instinct that tells you when you found a snake in the grass, how can you have that intact and then actually go out and publicly, publicly humiliate yourself by saying everybody took it out of context? Bullshit. Nobody took that shit out of context. It's exactly what it looks like it is unless you're engaged in elephantine fellatio, a post hoc orgy, trying to reinforce and support your chosen demagogue, your chosen political messiah, whoever you will support. If you're going to support him through that, literally saying UV light inside the body, is the cure to coronavirus? Maybe we got to get some doctors on that. We're talking about getting disinfected inside the body. If you're going to support that, you're going to support anything. It doesn't matter what he says. And this has been a consistent theme with about 32% of you all the way throughout. This is why people laugh at you. This is why people point fingers at you. And go ahead and say, well, Democrats do it too. What about Bernie Brothers? I'm not talking about them right now. I've talked about them enough. Perhaps you've heard. What the fuck is wrong with you? Can you honestly answer, nothing, I'm just a good American. No, you're not. You're a terrible American. You are a terrible American, you are the antithesis of a patriot because patriots defend truth. The freedom to think without duress, external or internal, freedom of thought, freedom of opinion. You have taken that from yourself. You have robbed yourself of that, and therefore you expect everyone else to do the same thing or have that imposed upon them. You are the antithesis of everything it is to be an American. Your Americanism goes as far as you relate it to a political party. I'm sorry. If you can listen to this... Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. If you can listen to that and still consider yourself connected to reality, truth, committed to Americanism, after you go and defend the man... With this bullshit that he was just kidding, and everybody's taking it out of context, if you can still do that, you're done. You're lobotomized. You are no longer a free-thinking individual. You are under your own tyranny. Your mind has become a prison. Or your mind has become imprisoned. By your beliefs, by your fanaticism. You are drunk on your ideology. You're probably just as drunk on your hatred for the other guy which makes this post hoc orgy seem ethical to you, even noble. I, 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 I know how it happens. See, that's the problem. I can't say I, I don't know how it happens because I do, but how? How for the love of fuck? Tell me how you can look in the fucking mirror. How you can go out and publicly masturbate like this. How do you have any fucking dignity? How do you look your kids in the face? I. Anyway, yeah, that was um, as far as Facebook went. I think I'm on the tip. 
the edge of the final purge, and I think I'm finally going to get rid of this thing. It's sort of been a back-and-forth, spastic, forwards-backwards kind of process. It's taken a really long time to get there. I've got a whole thing written up on this that I could give you, but I'll do that some other time. But I think I'm finally getting there, where I'm just going to shut everything down, probably disconnect it, clean everybody out of it first, empty my friends list, deactivate the profile, and then I'll probably just keep Messenger open from there. I did get rid of everybody from Twitter. Finally got rid of Andrew Sullivan and uh, Renee DeResta. The only thing that's in my Twitter feed right now are my things, and I think it's going to stay that way. One other thing that I did want to talk about was the uh, antibody testing. That some regions, some areas, a couple of states are starting to uh, do a little bit more uh, widely these days. I know California, there was at least one or two communities out there that did it, and I think New York State or New York City, one of the two, uh, have engaged in some pretty reasonably significant, at least preliminary antibody testing. And the results of those tests are pretty disturbing. Far, far higher percentages of people infected than we previously thought, or maybe not. <laughs> it's something like 10 to 15 percent, I think. hope I've got that right, but I think the actual infection rate of the people that they are doing the antibody testing on is right around 10 to 15 percent, I think, between California and New York. Now, an incredibly high number. And also here in Michigan, they've started to test people in prison. One prison in particular where a lot of old people were being held or are being held. So they decided to do a population-wide test within that prison. And it came out where it was something like seven or 800 out of maybe 1,400. I'm just guessing here. I, I don't have the figures in front of me, but it was something like that. Something like seven or eight times the number they thought. And the vast majority of these infected inmates were asymptomatic. They had no idea that they were infected. The only reason they knew is because they got a test. Now, there's some question about whether or not asymptomatic people can spread this disease. But did all 800 of those people in that prison, seven or 800, did they all get it from people who were infected? Or did it get that widespread because it was being asymptomatically spread? It's something that would be good to know, don't you think? That being said, this has some really, really good news embedded in it. Because while testing will show the actual infection rate, and if it does match the antibody testing, if 10 to 15% of the entire population of various parts of this country are infected, that's going to drop the death rate of this virus way down. Something like a half a percent, something like that. Again, I'm pulling that out of my butt. It's just something that I heard somebody else throw out there, so I'm kind of you know relying on that. But the more infections there are, Okay, the more infections that we find, let's put it that way, the death rate doesn't rise with it that much. We know people are dead. We don't know people are infected. So if that number rises, whereas the, uh, the amount of uh, mortality stays eh, relatively the same, that mortality rate drops, meaning that this virus is far less deadly as far as how many the, the percentage of people who were infected die, at least as far as that goes, it's a lot less deadly than we thought it was. Don't ignore that. Good, that's good news. It's very good news. I'll look through this one more time. Anything else? Da, 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 antibodies, prison, field hospitals, empty. I think I talked about that. 
<laughs> God. Well, I did find something else to talk about. I'm going to hold off on it. I'm going to give you something of a break from all of the stuff that's going on around us. And I'm going to do that via a good old-fashioned political rant. I'm telling you, it's going to feel like something. (laughs) It's going to feel like you're bathing yourselves Ah, in waters of holy relief. I never thought talking about politics would seem like a relief. (laughs) But right now, once I cut it, I did. It's already done. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to to release it as its own episode. But it felt good. So look for that. Probably tonight. I got to make up for the lost episodes this month, too, to be perfectly honest with you. So indulge me, won't you? Please. Please. I love you, dear listener. Indulge me. EscapingCave.com, that's my website. Have I told you? It's a pretty website. I'm eating cashews. Cashews rock. It's a pretty website, best viewed on a computer. Go check it out, please. Escaping the cave.com. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Facebook. Fuck them all. Fuck them. Fuck them. Make sure those uh, feeds, your subscriptions, are to my feed, please. An Escaping the Cave, an authentic Escaping the Cave feed. Pretty black and white picture of a girl walking out of a cave. It's artsy. I'll explain these repeated warnings one day. Eating orange peels, too. I think I'm losing my mind with the rest of you. Thanks for clicking in. We'll talk to you next time. So long.